Welcome to the Limitless Athlete Podcast. My name is Tom Foxley and today you're listening to The Debrief, which is, like it sounds, a debrief of a recent podcast episode that we recorded, this time with the wise, the brilliant, the insightful William B. Irvin. He's a Stoic philosopher and in our episode we we talk about applying Stoicism to your training, but hold your horses because it's not just that. In this episode, I'm going to be speaking to our head coach, Rachel Burnett. And Rachel is going to help us apply this to our training and really pull out some more applicable tools and tactics that you can use to take your training to the next level. So if you've been wanting to become more stoic, if you know what that means and you want to go for it, then this is for you. But also like if you just want to become a bit tougher, if you want to be more mentally resilient, if you want to build some fortitude, this is the best way that I have found to build that kind of toughness. We're going to talk about how to increase your comfort zone. We are also going to talk about book recommendations, places to get started there. We're going to get very tactical with how to apply this to your emotional states. It's, um, yeah, we just finished recording and it's a, it's a great episode. So if you find yourself running out of willpower or quitting before you want to in workouts as well, like this is, this is for you. A quick bit of housekeeping before we get going. It's very, very soon maybe next week, you're going to have the opportunity to pre-register for our next Mindset Training Camp. This is a very popular course that we run. Um, Places will be super limited, so pre-registering your interest is a good way to just get ahead of everyone else and make sure you have first dibs on this. Not going to tell you how yet, that will all become apparent soon, but keep your heads up for emails and uh, podcast mentions of that coming very very soon. But that's enough of me waffling. Let's get on with the show um, with the wise, the wonderful Rachel Burnett. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm willing to work as hard as I can. There is no past, there's no future, there's just this moment right here. If I did that, if I can get through that, like, come at me. Changing how I saw myself, like as a man, not just as, as an athlete. It's okay that I struggle. It's okay. That's part of the deal. It's how I responded. The topic that we're going to be talking around today is this idea of mental fortitude slash mental toughness. Um, we're going to be diving into the nuance on that for sure, because I love your point on this. And... Let's begin by outlining the the problems and the challenges that athletes face when we're talking about what stoicism could solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that Bill talks about this really beautifully when he when he says that when we have not chosen to embrace hardship or seek adversity, What happens is we need things to be just right in order to feel okay. We have to be comfortable all the time. By choosing to experience discomfort and exposing ourselves to adversity in an intentional way, we teach ourselves that I can handle the things that life throws at me. So this is applications within training, of course, right? Things go wrong in training, things go wrong in competition, but also has applications in life. Mm, absolutely doing difficult shit makes life easier it's a weird converse way of looking at the world that you should 
you should, you can go out and do very, very difficult things, things that only exist to make your life in that short term more difficult, but they make the rest of your life easier. Oh, yeah. Without those kind of intentional hardships, what happens to athletes? What do we what do we see the problem that arises if we don't go out and and embrace hardship? Well, one, anytime something does go wrong, then the wheels come off the bus. And that can look like getting really frustrated over very minor things, walking out in the middle of workouts. Uh, it can also look like can also look like over forcing things. So when, when we have that, when we have that comfort zone, we -hmm. return to it. And sometimes the comfort zone is enforcing things and forcing ourselves to push past our limits. So it can end up looking like consistent injury, consistent illness. Cool. Something that just came to mind is that comfort zone, our comfort zone is often perceived by us as something that happens to us, but it's something that we create. Our comfort zone is created by our experience and Mm -hmm. our chosen experience is part of that. And sure, there's going to be different things that feed into that. Of course, there's going to be genetic predispositions. There's going to be the way you're brought up, all this kind of stuff. But you can change that and you change that through your actions and you change that by your choices and your perspective and your ability to frame things and Mm. all these kind of things. The other thing that I think happens without some fortitude, without um, applying an element of stoicism to your training is those toys out the pram moments or the, the sky is falling type mentality of like mm-hmm. everything's going wrong i can't see anything ever getting any better because why yeah. would it like if you, if you haven't experienced that and you haven't yeah. experienced your ability to process difficult things and move through them yeah it's not like you're not going to see that things can get better as a result um and then yes. yeah that can lead to all kinds of places like uh, giving up on training it yep. can um not seeing the value in training anymore Ch- here's a here's a big one changing sport so going from crossfit to powerlifting or ollie lifting or to um obstacle horse racing when really the intention is that you love crossfit and you want to keep on competing in crossfit yeah. um not achieving goals we kind of we, we have all these high aspirations for ourselves and we don't achieve them so there's a lot of things that can happen here Yeah. Yeah. As soon as anything goes wrong, then it's, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with this program. It it turns all external instead of this is a challenge that I could choose to overcome. Mm -hmm. And this is simply the lens that we're processing the world through. If, if our story is I'm not capable of dealing with this because that's what we've learned in the past, Mm -hmm. then we're never going to see the world as something that we can explore safely and encounter difficulty within and still thrive we're going to see it as an obstacle course not even an obstacle course a set of difficulties that we're going to have to endure as opposed to a set of obstacles that we can overcome yeah absolutely we talked a lot with allison scuds in a previous episode i don't remember now which uh, episode number it is about self-efficacy and it's maybe seven or something six or seven something something like that yeah Yeah. And self-efficacy is the belief in our ability to overcome obstacles. And we essentially try to expand our comfort zone through chosen hardships and adversity in order to build self-efficacy, to build that Mm self-belief. Bingo. 
Nailed it. Let's get into addressing this. How do you, how do we begin addressing this? How do we how do we start training our mental fortitude? And actually, let's start with a definition of mental fortitude. Why not mental toughness? Why is there the difference in language there? Yeah. So mental toughness is what everyone thinks they need more of. And how most people interpret that is the ability to keep pushing when things get hard. But in general, many of us are already really good at forcing, at at continuing to push at something when it's pretty clear that it's not working anymore. So I like to think of mental fortitude instead of mental toughness, because mental fortitude is a state of mind that you can choose. It's about your perspective rather than about the things that you do. So having mental fortitude is the ability to view your situation as something that you can handle and overcome, whereas mental toughness is often that kind of hard-headed, no matter what, this is the way that things are going to be or else. Yeah, I was very good for a long time at mental toughness. And the end result of that was burying my head in the sand, not addressing any of the problems that I had in my life and just expecting them to get better without my help or just committing myself to a miserable life. Um, so, and that showed up in, in training as well. Like, okay, I'm, I've got this back injury and that was my, my previous injury that stuck around for years and years and years and years. And I just thought, you know what, that's, that's, what's going to happen. Like, and I, I, I'll just be tough around training. I'll just mm-hmm. like, I'll just grit through it. And like my back hurts and freaks out in the middle of a clean. So what? I'll go for another set of heavy clean pools and sure. that'll be, that'd be great for it. And that yeah. was mental toughness yeah. or that was, that was the negative connotations of mental toughness. So it can yeah. definitely cause a lot of physical injury and not yeah. to men- mention psychological, spiritual injury as well. Um, especially yeah. when you consider the, the idea of experiencing suboptimal mental states and yeah. just sitting in that um, mm-hmm. and not working our way through it because we're taught to be mentally tough. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, mental mental fortitude in that situation would often look like doing the opposite of what you want to do. So basically- Don't tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So essentially choosing instead of continuing to do heavy clean pulls uh, would be to back off, to seek help from a professional who could help you rehab your back. And often that looks like returning to basics and doing a lot of the really boring stuff that is much more challenging than showing up and lifting mm-hmm. heavy and doing a crossfit workout. So, yeah. and again, from personal experience also, it's really difficult to stick to physical therapy work, but that's mental fortitude is doing the little things diligently over a long period of time for the greater good. It almost seems like mental fortitude is required to go against star ingrained identity. Um, yeah. And what I mean by that is, I had to use that example again, and I, I'm well aware that I talk about myself a lot in these podcasts, and I, I'm sure it's a little bit of ego, but it's also because it's the only experience I know, and I think sharing like is it. important. Um, well, good. <laughs> so, so I experienced that. Um, I had that lower back challenge for a while, and it was popping up and frequent injuries. I'd kind of hobble out of the gym, then wouldn't be able to train for a week or so, and I'd go through that cycle time and time again. The self-constructed identity that I had is I am a weightlifter. I do this. And it wasn't broad or flexible enough to encompass some some more basic movement within that and taking my pride out of it 
and mm. my ego out of it and say, oh, yeah. Hey, I'm more flexible. I'm more than just weightlifter. I am open. I'm like, I am like water. I fill the void that I need to, to fill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Mental fortitude. So mental fortitude is this kind of openness, this flexibility, this um, ability to go against ingrained patterns and mm. really find what is at the heart of this, a hard situation, what's going wrong and actually addressing it. Whereas mental toughness is that grit and determination. Yeah. I, I need more grizz and it's like grizzing through is a, is a phrase I love. It's like, I'm going to grizz through this and just yeah. suffer through being good yeah. at suffering is mental toughness. Mental fortitude yeah. is that ability to be adaptive as well. Mm, yeah. And you need a lot of self-awareness for mental fortitude too. You can't just do it the way that you can grit through a workout. Yeah. Um, and in CrossFit, we are taught that ability to just grit through, especially when we get to long chipper type workouts. It's like this, yeah. what we're taught. Um, and especially people from military background will also yeah. encounter this as well. Yes. So when we get to overcoming this and moving through this, one point that we talked about in the podcast that, um, sorry, the podcast with Bill that I'd like to bring up again here, but just because it's such a useful tool is this framing. Like mm. how can we frame our experience? And sorry if you can hear dogs barking in the background, by the way. Um, yeah. the, 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 um, how can we frame our experience to tell a slightly different or slightly more true story? Mm. Um, Bill, in his books, The Stoic Challenge, really just described this like hanging a frame on a painting. The Mona Lisa isn't just stuck in some shoddy Ikea frame. It's got a beautiful ornate gold frame around it. And that heightens it. It changes the image. It changes the way you see the image. And the ability that we're developing as athletes and coaches and humans is this ability to see a situation and put a different frame around it. Because right now, maybe we've got a frame that is that shoddy Ikea five pound frame that we just kind of got to, we got handed down essentially. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's time to create a new frame. Um, And where I'd like to go with that, it's actually, do you have anything to say about that before I ramble on? I was honestly just going to ask you a question about that. Go for it. Yeah. What are we framing in that analogy? Are you framing mm. a belief? Are you framing like your life choices? I think we're framing our subjective experience. And by that, I mean, what are you processing? What are, you, what are your thoughts, your emotions, your sensations, your um, your actions in this, the results you're getting, um, your valuation of those results? So you're, you're framing all of that, like everything you see, think, and feel is, mm. is what you're is what you're framing with that. So one of the useful, and I think the, the one that works best for me is this storytelling frame. We're captivated by stories. Like we spend trillions of dollars per year on seeing stories, experiencing stories. Um, It's what we're all doing. We tell stories all, all day. It's one of the things that that I suppose characterizes a lot of campfire style experiences. Like we, we go around, we share stories. It's how we learn from each other. It's how we exchange data. So this, yeah. this idea that everything is a story is mm. really, really mm. important. And we can use this. And maybe the story that we're telling ourselves right now is that these things are happening to me, these things. And I'm just a victim in this, yeah. but what about if you're the hero? What about if you were um, 
the the main character in this story. Mm. And if you were going to construct a film, a movie to portray your life, and especially if you're looking at someone else's, you wouldn't see the negative things, the setbacks that happen to you as just purely negative. You wouldn't see them as terrible experiences. You'd see them as those essential setbacks that had to happen in order to move forwards. So the storytelling framework is putting yourself in the position of the director, I suppose, and thinking, how would the ultimate hero, this best version of myself, view this event in mm. if it was going to be made into a film? What would make this interesting? What's the thing they could learn? What's the character skill that this person, myself, could yeah. develop through this experience that they wouldn't be able to experience it without? Like, yes. this scene's in the movie for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, what's the unique opportunity being presented to me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Are there any other framing techniques that you use, Rachel, or that you see that are, are useful within athletes' lives? You know, there's a lot of, um, he talked a little bit about defining success and failure. And I think that that can be a really useful framing technique as well. So thinking about the role of failure in our lives, very similar to what you're describing with the storytelling aspect is each time we miss a lift, each time a workout doesn't go as planned, it's an opportunity to learn something and get better. It's not a judgment on our character or a life sentence mm. <laughs> of, of failure. Uh, it's simply an opportunity to learn. I think too, returning to success a lot of times our definition of success is incredibly narrow. We don't really realize that we're doing that. So we show up for a workout. We have um, sort of a subconscious expectation of how that workout is going to go, how an event at a competition is going to go. And when it doesn't go as expected, we can get really upset and reactive and call it a failure. But if we learn to define success very consciously, we have more opportunities to find ways of creating a positive story for ourselves to frame any type of setback through. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And isn't it yeah. interesting how we we don't consciously arrive at that decision of what our success is going to yeah. be. And it just it's just this thing that you're like, oh, I didn't expect it to go this way. Like, yeah. how did you expect it to go? Oh, I don't, don't really know. Um, perfectly is yeah. the answer often. Yeah. It's and just that, perfectly. Or in like, so there's the perfection side of it, or there's the also the, the individual who doesn't believe that they can do anything at all and they're not going to yeah. get anywhere and yeah. then results start going otherwise. And then yeah. it's like, Oh wait, that's not how it's supposed to go. And that creates overwhelm. And then that creates oh, yeah. um, frustration. I don't the results. Here. Totally. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So when it comes to training mental fortitude, framing is a, is a great technique to do that. Like what's the frame that you can hang around this? Another one is the challenge. So this is a gauntlet that's being thrown down to me um, through the, by the stoic gods is, is how Bill presents it. He's in his book, he talks about the ghost of Seneca visiting yeah. him. And that's really cool. <laughs> and then the other way of, of framing this as well is like the obstacle. Like this is an obst obstacle on an obstacle course. Like let's find a way to overcome this. Let's use this. Let's, let's use this as an opportunity to better ourselves. Yeah. How else Rachel can we, um, train our mental fortitude? How can we become more stoic athlete? 
Ooh. Well, we've talked a little bit about the necessity of building self-awareness. So we have to be aware enough to recognize our emotional reactions to things and to question them, not just to say, I'm angry, therefore I'm going to be angry. It's, it's I'm angry. Why am I angry? What's, what's actually going on here? Can you tell me a little bit more about that, please? Sure. So we can use that example of a workout not going as planned. You know, um, athlete has an unexpected setback in a workout and they feel anger. It's really easy to just kind of lean into it and become captivated by the story that we're telling ourselves around that anger and viewing it as fact. Feelings as fact are a common cognitive distortion. We can instead choose to observe the anger from outside of it and say, okay, I'm angry. What is it exactly that I'm angry about? Why am I angry about that? Why did it create so much anger? So asking ourselves why seven times is one of the cool techniques that that, uh, you've brought. Um, that, That awareness and observation is really important for building mental fortitude. You can't protect your, you can't protect your mental fortitude without knowing what's going to assail it. Mm, really nice. So that's the testing phase and yeah. the the testing phase of, of Mindset Rx method. It also yeah. fits really nicely into the four A's of change. First mm. one is accepting the situation and that we need to change and all that kind of stuff. The second yeah. one is awareness. The more mm. awareness that we can shine on a problem, the more likely we are to see the solution. Um, yes. Albert Einstein famously said that if he was given, I think it was 24 hours to solve a problem, he'd spend 21 hours thinking about the problem and three hours trying to find a solution. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we need to shine light on what's standing in our way often. And mm-hmm. that can be done through um, becoming more aware of our mental state and seeing it not as something that we are and that something is absolutely true, but something that we feel and we, we sense. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Cool. So the second point then, how would you sum that up actually? How would you sum that up in a neat phrase? So the first, the first thing we can do is, is reframe. How would you reframe? Um, how would you yeah, frame this? How would you describe this second point here? Which second point? Sorry. So th- what we're just discussing here. How would you describe that ability is, is kind of first thing we need to do is, is learn to frame things. And then mm-hmm. second thing we need to do is develop this ability to see, um, to see experiences as something other than ourselves to create distance. Yeah. To witness what's yeah. occurring, uh, and, and essentially stand outside of it. Yes. So to witness is the second point. Mm-hmm. Very nice. The thing that I'd like to to, to go into next and I think a very important step in this is what we've been talking about already which is going out of your way to do intentionally difficult things mm-hmm. starting your days with difficult things um, quarterly going out or seasonally going out and doing difficult things annually doing it more risky potentially but intentionally difficult thing mm-hmm. and what this does is it expands that comfort zone and it also expands our realm of confidence and competence too. We're never going to learn more than those moments that we are truly pushing our limits. So the way that I personally put this into my life is I choose things that are going to confront the story that limits me. Mm. So this is when we're talking about the Mindset Rx method again, because 
it works and it's what what we use and what we do every every single day what we coach yeah yeah, and what what we've shown works and what we we see works but the way that this can get very practical is if i figure out a story that is limiting me yeah that's a problem then i can so that's the first thing i test it then I aim up, okay, create a new, better vision of success. So I find some presence around this. So I'm not falling into those mental routes again. And then where we get to proof is those, those intentional hardships, those difficult things that rewrite that narrative. So if I have a narrative that I'm a weak athlete, mm. I spoke to an athlete the other day. He was like, I'm a classic ectomorph. Like, and I, I, I can't get outside of that. Like it limits my strength and that kind of thing. And what I explained to him is that we need to go outside and do things that confront that story. So on a daily basis, maybe that's his training, but really reinforcing to himself like, Hey, you know what? I got under a barbell that's heavier than most people could do. And I'm improving as I go. So that's rewriting the story and that reinforcement is really useful. Mm-hmm. Second, the, the second thing now is like, okay, quarterly, maybe I can do a check-in and start a new program. Maybe that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. And then annually, maybe I enter a meet. Something a weightlifting meet or a powerlifting meet, something that really pushes me outside my zone, uh, my comfort yeah. zone. Can you, you think? Of, oh, sorry. You know what I love about that is it's very organized, so it's not scattered and done every couple of months, just kind of haphazardly. Whenever you think about it, it's what's the story I want to confront, and then you create a plan around doing that in a consistent way because it does take consistency to rewrite those stories. Yeah, and Bill brings up a brilliant point there. It's like. So what if, what if I fail? What if I hit these, these points and, or what if I go to these challenges and I don't succeed? Well, it's a wonderful thing in his words, because you just prove that you can fail and still be okay. Yeah. And that's a lesson to learn. So these, we either win or we learn, right? We either yeah. prove the new story or we learn something about ourselves that we wouldn't have learned without it. And that's mm-hmm. where the value of intentional hardship comes into things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, if you're enjoying this episode, chances are you'll enjoy our free ebook, How to Stop Substandard Self-Critical Plateaus and Unleash Your Potential. It's a step-by-step guide to finding your mojo again and getting back to the athlete you know you can be. It's free, you just have to stick your email address in and download it. To find it, head to mindsetrx.com slash ebook. That's mindsetrxd.com slash ebook. Now let's get on with the show. Are there any ways that you have in the past, I don't know, few years used this around your training or around any uh, mindset uh, challenges that you faced? Yeah. So I think I talked last time about uh, entering a competition for a 2K row, joining a lot of actual rowers, of which I am not, and rowing a 2K for time um, in front of an audience uh, out on a floor um, for a kind of meet. And the reason I entered it is because the story that I'd been telling myself for so long, subconsciously, I realized was I'll never be good at rowing. It's not something that I feel uh, like a badass at. Mm. So I entered into the competition, not so much for the competition itself, but to force myself to diligently train for something to like stick with it beyond, you know, the initial like 
gusto phase of I'm going to work on my rowing now. So it was something that I had to follow through with because I had a competition coming up at the end. And it was really within the training that I felt the mindset shift that I was looking for. It was in uh, building presence in my uh, ability to stick with something and to also see myself improve at something that had taken me a really long time to see any improvement with. Nice. And then how did that story shift? How, like, who did you become? How did your beliefs shift around this? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's continuing to shift. I find now when a, when a rowing workout comes up, I'm no longer afraid of it. I no longer have stories around, I'm going to be last. This is going to be awful. I'm going to feel bad. Um, I have now the competence on the rower to feel confident getting on it. So that's where this gets so interesting because we can start off with a superficial goal and Mm -hmm. by superficial i don't mean meaningless but i do mean surface level it's like the outcome that you want to achieve which is like i want to row quicker or i want to put on x kilos of muscle mass which is where i I am right now or we want to finish such and such place in the competition like whatever our goal is deadlift this clean this snatch this do the x number of ring muscle ups like we start off with that goal And we encounter these mental toughness, mental fortitude limits along the way. Yeah. And then we start working on those character skills that overcome this, that Mm -hmm. mental fortitude maybe. And it's that that leads us not just to the original goal that we set out, that superficial, but also leads us to our potential too. It leads us to that better version of ourselves that we couldn't have achieved without that intentional dose of hardship. Yeah, hundred percent. I think what he talked about was you can view those challenges as a test of ability or a test of character. And one is short-term, the test of ability, and the other is long-term. So one of them is an outcome that you get after a certain amount of time and effort. And another is one that you get to hold on to beyond the -hmm. execution of the goal. Yeah. And one thing we talked about a lot, I suppose it's about a year ago, maybe 18 months ago, is this concept of transferability. What we intend to do at Mindset RX, and I suppose what any good mindset practice does, is apply not to just the the domain of, of your goals, but to who you are as a person, as an individual, as, as like the character that you display. And it's that that's really worth training because that's your reputation with yourself. That's who you are. That's, that's your belief. Um, and that's your, that's the, the lens that colors your entire, entire experience. Yeah. So let's work on that. Yeah. I want to, I want to highlight what you just said. Um, your reputation with yourself. Mm. That's something that you can't fool anyone about because it's you and you know, yeah exactly yeah. and yeah that is a huge huge thing i actually wrote about it in today's uh quad shot of brain gains our, our weekly newsletter which you can sign up for on our website um <laughs> but yeah it's a useful well thing done. Be, <laughs> i should have should done offer codes and all that kind of stuff but that's uh that, that'd be far too much organization yeah so we can we can go out and do difficult things mm. so my leading question to you here is going to be what about those difficult things that just happen to us that we wouldn't choose to experience if we had the option? Yeah. So when we have experienced difficult things that we've chosen, we've already written or rewritten a story about our ability to handle difficult things, handle whatever life throws at me. So when something unexpected arises, talk about this all the time, a global pandemic, 
um, an, a sudden illness or injury, uh, losing a loved one, when those things inevitably happen because bad things will happen, we are much better prepared to find mental fortitude in those moments and be able to see outside of ourselves, have that observation and awareness and the ability to reframe it so that we can address it from a place of responsiveness rather than reactivity. Mm. What we learn to do is embrace reality and embrace the hardship of that reality despite not wanting it to be true. We address objective reality instead of trying to weave a narrative that goes around it or that bypasses that. Um, And when we talk about embracing hardship at Mindset Rx, there's two types of hardship to embrace. There's intentional, which we've been talking about it, just just now like that's what you go and choose to do like i've intentionally chosen to gone out uh, to go out and embrace hardship and then there's incidental hardship mm. because life is just gonna happen to you like shit happens things get very difficult so that ability to um to to when that when you encounter those difficult situations just go hey you know what i'm embracing this I am, I'm going to accept this and really do the best I can. That's what gets some, some great results too. Was it just last week where we were, we were talking about, um, oh, this terrible thing happened. Good. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) That last week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We embrace hardship. Like that's the, we need to bring those t-shirts back. Yeah. Yeah, we need to get those embrace hardship t-shirts nailed down. I should have I should have put mine on. I have mine's one. worn out. I've done so many burpees in my embrace hardship t-shirt. <laughs> the, the embrace hardship That's is worn fault, out. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be blaming you for that. Um, <laughs> what else can we do to to train our mental fortitude, Rachel? Oh, what else? I mean, you're choosing hardship. Did you have anything in mind? Well, you, we spoke about a few things before. You spoke about exquisite control. You spoke Ooh, about emotions. Yeah, you talk about recognizing lazy bill. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about, I just want to requote uh, Bill Irving here. Um, we have exquisite control over ourselves. Uh, we don't really control anything else. So mm. exerting that exquisite control over ourselves is a really beautiful thing. And one of the ways that we do that is in learning to uh, recognize and accept our emotional responses. So Bill Bill talks a lot about um, like negative versus positive emotions. So I do want to dive into that a little bit if you're ready. Yeah, go for it. Let's go for it. Yeah, sweet. So I personally don't believe that there's any such thing as a negative or a positive emotion. Emotions are just emotions. Feelings are just feelings. They happen and we don't need to assign a moral value to them. A, an emotion that leads to non-serving behavior is one to pay close attention to and to learn to regulate more carefully to exert exquisite control over. Um, emotions that don't lead to non-serving behavior are fine to employ and enjoy. I think um, the emotional value thing is really interesting because yeah. at the fundamental level is just sensation. And that's yeah. something you learn through meditation. That you, you, when you really get adept at meditation, you stop categorizing things as good or bad. Yeah. And you think, okay, this is really a, a, by, at a fundamental level, what you're doing is you're recognizing, ah, this is dopamine. This is how this feels. This yeah. is serotonin. This is how yeah. this feels. This is cortisol. This is how this feels. Obviously, you're not yeah. kind of 
categorizing it like this, but you're like, oh, that's the sensation that I feel in my heart. That's the that's the sensation of breathing. This is the emotional feeling of tension. This is whatever it is. Like you kind of you sit there and you, you recognize that, and that mm-hmm. gives you that that distance between you and your emotions and yeah. therefore the well it's back to that frankel quote between stimulus and response there's a space and within that space right. is your freedom yeah so it gives you your freedom that ability but emotions are also good indicators of success as well or mm-hmm. what actions will lead to success as well because there's yes. an evolutionary reason they're there and that's to say hey you're on path or you're off path a yeah. lot of the time sometimes yeah. things get squirrely and mixed up but those things happen. Um, yep, so we're all but, human. yeah, but paying attention to them and seeing them as just purely emotions and not something that is utterly controlling is the path to your freedom here. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk about anger in particular, because yes. I think it's misunderstood in a lot of ways. Anger is uh, an emotion that arises when a boundary has been crossed. And we may be crossing our own boundaries through our behavior. We may be letting other people cross our boundaries. We may also have a skewed uh, view of boundaries that needs to be addressed. But when we experience anger, when we experience anger, uh, we want to think what boundaries of mine are getting crossed, who's doing it, and why am I letting those boundaries get crossed? I can remember specifically, uh, actually, shortly after starting Inner Athlete Performance Camp 17.3. Any of my, Whoa, any of my that uh, no, old, yeah, yeah. seventeen point three. Um, uh, someone cut me off in traffic, and I got really mad. And um, you know, behind the wheel, um, I am not myself. <laughs> <laughs> no one is. No one is. <laughs> no one is. Uh, but I, I became really angry, and because I had just started mindset work, I was being very cognizant of my emotions, and I had this moment where I was like what is happening inside of me right now that I'm so mad about this? The person is gone. Nobody got hurt. Why am I upset? And what it came down to is the story I was telling myself is that person disrespected me. And I was so angry about it because I felt disrespected elsewhere in my life. So it was this nice little highlight of, oh, I'm mad about this thing that happened right now, but really what's going on is I'm mad about something else. And this is just reinforcing the story that I'm telling myself. So it gave me a nice indicator of something else that I needed to change in my life. Yeah. If you're aware enough, it does link back into that. And you start questioning those, those whys. Okay. It's back yeah. to as many whys as you can ask or seven whys. It's like, oh, I'm angry. Why I'm angry? Because this person yeah. cut me up. Why does that make me angry? Oh, because it feels like they disrespected me. Yeah. Oh, why, why does that such an emotionally powerful trigger? Yeah, I don't know me? that person. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> why do I care? <laughs> yeah. And there's this, also the, the unfolding of the belief, like this is how the world should work. This is my plan. And then someone gets in the way of that, that causes negative emotion too. So oh, yeah, like, combined sure. with those two, two pieces, like that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Mm. Talk to me about learning to recognize your own version of lazy bill and then teaching mm. lazy bill to, to wake him up. Yeah. Uh, you know, lazy bill, I think is a bound nature that all of us have. I don't think that it's escapable. Every person on the planet is wired to in some way or another seek comfort. So when I am in a workout and I'm like, I'm in that bargaining mode. So I'm like, okay, I don't have to do all these reps. Like it doesn't matter. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, nah, it's fine. Uh, I can just like 
do, do what I want, take it chill. And sometimes that's the appropriate thing for me to do. Um, I'm an aging athlete and, uh, I need to take really good care of my body and my mind. Um, but oftentimes it's coming from a place of just fearing some discomfort. And so recognizing that comes from, uh, listening to the specific thoughts that occur because we have thought patterns. So everybody's lazy bill speaks to them in a particular way. And you can learn to recognize when that particular bound nature is speaking to you. They're also um, emotional. And I'll bring this back. Um, Emotions change your physiology. So when you experience a particular emotion, um, for example, fear of discomfort, your body will feel a certain way. It's an indicator of a specific hormonal component coming into play. So you can learn to recognize thoughts, how your body feels, what emotions you're feeling, and then notice behaviors as well. Once you have that kind of profile built in your mind, you learn to recognize when it's arising, even when it's very quiet, (laughs) even when it's very quiet and just beginning. And then you can learn to very intentionally and consciously do the other thing that you want to do, do the opposite. That was a very, very insightful run through of the mindset rx method really there's presence there's testing there's aiming up there's proof and there's applying it to your specific situation like nailed it like yeah you that this is why we find bound nature roles such a useful thing it's like here's a character that i've learned to play here's a a role that i've been auditioning for 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 years now and it's like (laughs) this is the this is the the set patterns that this person would follow. These are the thoughts that would happen. Uh, they would have these are the emotions they would feel. These uh, what they perform. This is what they would be aiming at. This is how they'd feel. This is the story that they believe. This is what upsets them. All these kind of things, and that becomes this kind of like we over identify that and we with that and we think it's us, and then yes. suddenly it is us, and we yes. can't see the separation. But this is yeah. just a role we've learned to play, yeah. and we've got to learn to step outside of that. Yeah. And folks who have experienced being in a workout and feeling like, oh my God, I felt amazing during that one. And then you could do the same workout six months later and you feel like a completely different person. That's likely bound nature at work. Mm, Very, very nice. Very nice. I think the last thing that I'd like to do is wrap up, unless you have anything else to to discuss before we start wrapping things up. We covered everything. Yeah. We got everything from my my end. My my pre-wrap wrap-up is going to be oh. books to start on. Like st- the one, the wonderful thing about Stoicism is that there's some fantastic resources to to get uh, to get through. Before I get to books, probably want to mention Tim Ferriss and his uh, TED Talk Fear Setting. Um, really, really great TED Talk yes. that is so important and so useful that we use a similar version in some in some of what we do as well. Um, it's a really, really good place to explore fear setting um, and, and stoicism. But there's books as well. Are there any that come to mind for you uh, on, on the book front? I mean, a personal favorite is The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. That was, that was not the way that I was introduced to stoicism, but it was one of those books that was recommended to me multiple times. When I finally read it, I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah, this is yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah, it's written in such an accessible way as well with it such is. relatable stories. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Ryan Holiday's work is great. I, if I look behind me, I can see Courage is Calling, which I still haven't started, which is his newest book. Um, oh, but that's uh, yeah, somewhere in the in the horizon for me. I'm sure that would be fantastic. There's a few other places that very kind of obvious books um, to start. The Stoic Challenge by William 
be Irvin. That's a, that's a probably a good place to start. Um, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. If you're looking for like the original text, um, incredible because it's the personal diary of the emperor of Rome, the most powerful man in the world at that time. And it's his personal diary. And you see that, oh, he's he's struggling with the same things that I struggle with. And humans are very much the same as they were 2000 years ago. Um, So that's really, really cool. There's the Tao Seneca as well, which is some stories, um, some letters written by Seneca. Um, again, an ancient Stoic who embodied this philosophy so well. And they, they were produced for free by Tim Ferriss, which is pretty cool. And then a very applied book that I'm reading at the moment, um, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly by, I can't remember his first name. I'm going to call him Monsieur Booby because not, not Booby, but Bobby. Um <laughs> was um was a fantastic read as well and it's about this this guy who um i can't remember how he oh he had a he had a what's called what's termed as a massive stroke and he ended up with locked in syndrome which meant that he wasn't able to communicate except through blinking his left eye and he managed to dictate a whole book um and through just blinking his eye through this alphabet that he'd he developed and it's an incredible read like truly it's it's beautiful it's not the most uplifting book initially and it's it's hard work but it's like this is applied stoicism and if you want to gain some perspective of this is what a truly truly difficult life is mm. it it does that to you and that's not to invalidate individual's own suffering because the worst thing that happened the worst thing that has ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you so that's i I completely understand that but it's uh that ability to step outside and see what someone with a really really difficult life and how he overcomes that and how he finishes in quite a a stoic and optimistic way is Mm. a really beautiful process to to witness nice yeah so points how do we how do we become more stoic um and as an athlete how do we become more stoic athlete is we learn to frame things we mm-hmm. develop our framing skills we learn to witness our emotions rather than getting wrapped up in them we do difficult things and when difficult things happen to us we embrace that hardship mm-hmm. we exert exquisite control over our experience yeah. we recognize those emotions and we aim up that's how we become a more stoic athlete. Yeah. Simple. Simple, simple, simple. Thank you for listening to the debrief partner episode of the Limitless Athlete podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. We'll be speaking to CrossFit Games athletes, coaches, authors, and other inspiring people who are going to help you find your next level inside and outside of the gym. Loads of awesome future podcasts coming right up. If you can leave a great five-star review and share the episode with your friends, that would be great. See you next week with another mindset-shifting interview and a debrief episode to follow up.